This is episode number 25 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. Last episode, I talked about communicating across difference. After that episode, I realized that I needed to address anger. There's a lot of confusion about anger. Is anger bad? Is it okay to be angry? This week, I'm going to do my best to answer those questions. The other reason I chose this topic is because I've been angry lately. I recently moved from where I was living by myself to the land my husband and his parents share. For the last two weeks, I've had ongoing tension in my body from the inevitable chaos of relocating my home, which has manifested in a flare-up of my scoliosis. My back has been on fire with prickling pain. Everything feels harder, including things that might normally not be so hard because the foundations of both my life and my body have been so strained. As I start this episode, I invite you to think about your life and its foundation. In what ways has your foundation been strained over the past year by the pandemic, the racial uprising, and your own personal dramas? Once simple things from popping casually into a store to grab groceries, oh, no you don't without a mask, uh, to reaching for friends when you most need them for your frayed nervous system, where did everyone go, are now so far from simple. Former U.S. Poet Laureate Tracy K. Smith says that this past year, she had the feeling that, quote, history is upon us. History is not only on our heels, but it's catching up and we're feeling it, its hand against our back. This is a historic moment. In real time, we have the chance to make and change history for the better, while the tension over and around us is thick and profound. From my sense of it, we are seeing life through a very thick filter of tension, as in everything that happens to us through this filter is harder seems heavier, is easier to interpret as an attack when it's not. We are more likely in this state to be reactive, to feel pressure, to forget the good, to focus on the bad, and we are much, much more likely to be angry. Okay, so the fuel for anger is virtually everywhere right now. And I'll start by saying anger is not bad. Let's clear that right up first thing. Anger is, in fact, essential for our survival. If we lack the capacity to get angry, we lack a mechanism that is vital to defend and orient us. I'm currently obsessed with the song from the 2018 movie The Greatest Showman titled This Is Me. The character Letty Lutz, the bearded lady, in a phenomenal scene with the other circus performers, takes a stand for her difference by asserting, I am who I'm meant to be. I make no apology. I have listened to this song almost daily this past week to uplift and remind me to hold my center amidst the storms of life right now. You could say the ability to assert herself in the face of literal attack. There are townspeople with torches surrounding Letty as she begins to sing the song, is what kept her safe. She needed her anger to survive. Tokopa Turner, the writer, teacher, and dream worker in her potent 
essential read, Belonging, Remembering Ourselves Home, explains this cogently. She writes, A terrible thing is lost in the suppression of anger. Your relationship with one of your greatest allies. Instinct. She goes on to say, Anger arises when your heart has been offended, your values have been wronged, your beloveds are threatened, or somewhere justice has been denied. Once you know what your instincts are telling you, you can begin to make the necessary changes in your life. Simply put, anger is the channel through which you say, I'm here. I matter. I have opinions. I take up space. It asserts us. It's a claiming. And it's definitely a power. I hope you already agree that anger has value. And that anger has been suppressed for so long, especially for women, that it's vital to reconnect with it, as scary as that can be. And then here comes the balancing act with anger. Anger is like fire. It can warm, illuminate, reshape, and awaken. It can also tear across half of North America and burn down forests, as it did last year, metaphorically speaking. Anger can be destructive, but that itself is still not necessarily bad. You want to destroy what is toxic and unjust, but we don't want to destroy maliciously, vindictively, and recklessly. This is where anger can be perilous. On a personal note, I have a lot of anger in me. I was raised by an angry father, and I think I inherited some of it through my blood. Sometimes my anger is seeking a target. It's like there's this white, hot, molten, roiling, boiling center in me that is somehow convinced that there will be relief if I rip a wet wound into someone else. This is the kind of anger that has damaged trust in my relationships in the past and made my life more, not less, stressful. Often it comes when I'm most discontent with myself and I want others to join me in my misery. This is not the empowering kind of anger. I'll give you an example. Last weekend, while a friend of mine and I were heaving some of the heaviest furniture out of my previous residence, I asked my husband to cook a quick meal for us when he joined us after work. We were sweaty, achy, and starving. My husband is a very good cook, but he rarely makes quick meals. It took close to an hour for him to put our food together. In my low blood sugar-induced craze, I wanted to pommel him. We are starved over here. Can't you hustle? I was silently screaming. All evening after that, I kept repeating in my mind, it wouldn't be so dark or we wouldn't be so tired now if you had made our dinner more quickly. The only thing that saved me from using my disgruntlement as a weapon was taking enough breaks from his company that my system could relax into the recall that he had been in fact slaving away for me for, for me four weeks to support my move, and that the last thing I actually wanted to do was hurt him despite my frustration. I came out of the heat of the moment, and I came out of the feeling of choicelessness enough to remember the larger picture. By taking regular breaks away from his physical presence on a stressful night, I made a choice not to hurt someone I love, and I have done enough mindfulness practices that when I make a choice, I get access to the ability to shift my mood and to communicate 
but I have to make the choice. Anger is an essential tool for changing our individual and collective worlds when used well. Anger is a rough club that will unnecessarily wound when wielded without choice. I believe the difference is made when we find enough support for ourselves that we don't tip too far into desperation and survival mode when wielding our anger. For this week's homework, find a person you trust, ask them to listen as a witness, and release your anger. Make sure it is not the person you are angry at. If you don't have a person, record a voice memo. Let it out. Do it full force. Say all the things that you're thinking, but know it's not good to say directly to that person. Saying it to your friend is how you'll get it out. Use your body. Cry. Let yourself be witnessed, and then consider what you want to do next in the situation that got you angry to begin with. Tokopod Turner says, befriend your anger. I say, find a friend to help you befriend your anger. If you are the person listening, offer empathy. Let the person know you are totally allowed to feel that, over and over if you need to. We need support to transform the tension of our world into engaged, impassioned action, which means, as always, we need one another's help. Anger without support risks loss and more reasons to be angry. Anger plus support just might create transformation and change history. We need anger, and we need to support one another in the process of expressing our anger. I hope you will join me and commit to the practice this week. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. Oh, 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 oh.